Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So in our first night in Virginia, we went to dinner in Charlottesville. Right. Charlottesville, Virginia, um, where the University of Virginia is and and where unfortunate events happened two years ago. Two years ago. That's right. A very unfortunate white supremacist rally occurred in Charlottesville. Right. I was mentioning to a colleague of mine that I was headed down to hike Shenandoah and that we were staying near there near Madison. And she said, oh, we'll go to Charlottesville Mm -hmm. for dinner if, if you have time. And I was like... Wait, is that like Charlottesville of like of like those that white supremacist rally? Like that's what I thought in the right. back of my mind. And that's like an unfortunate like thing to a probably really, be tagged onto that city. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. We did follow this colleague's advice mm-hmm. and we were like, All right, well, let's go. It looks cute. And there was nothing in Madison, really. No. I mean, Madison had a lovely strip of of something, but there was <laughs> like there wasn't a ton to do there. So we were like Oh, there are some breweries in Charlottesville. Right. Let's like go eat some dinner and go to a brewery. Yeah. So we did. We headed down to Charlottesville. It only took like 40 minutes. Yeah, it was kind of like a little rainy, so I think it would have been a little quicker because it was also rush hour traffic time. We were thinking about maybe seeing a movie. And or doing an escape room. Or doing an escape room or something, but we weren't we didn't find anything that like really wet our whistle. And I think we were both tired girls. So we were like, let's do dinner and some drinks and and then see what happens. We did some research and ended up at the South street brewing company or brew pub, which was a really good choice because it suited all of our needs. It did. Yeah. It it had a beautiful like hearth fireplace that Mm -hmm. was open to both the bar and the seating area. It was like a very lively crowd for a Thursday night. They had some delicious beers they did. We got they like did. a full flight for like $13 and the full flight was like 12 beers. All of the beers they had on tap. All of yeah. them. Yeah. And you know what I liked about the way they did their beer flight menu was that when it came to the flights, like they had all the beers on the menu and it was like two columns. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted a full flight, you'd get all of them. Or if you wanted a half flight, you could either do the first column or the second column. Right. There was no like, let me pick and choose which ones I want. Because right. 
Yeah, I bet that like takes forever. Oh my god, for yeah. like a server to well, they also like, don't be able to notate and yeah. also like tell you which one is which. They like, also don't do um like a holder for the flights. No, the they just... server, our our friend by Curious George came out oh. and um, <laughs> brought us a bunch of uh like four ounce pours in just the glasses, and then the cool thing that they did is he just laid them out on the menu. Um, so yes. he knew exactly where they were and, and placed them. So that made it good because you could read everything again um, and see wh- exactly yeah, what you were it drinking. it was great. Yeah. I remember that. Okay. So the guy sitting behind us. Oh, yeah. There were like six of them and they were having like a very deep conversation about, about the nature of good and evil. Nature of good and evil, spirituality. Mm-hmm. One of the central questions of their conversation was like, can you be spiritual? Like, can you have a spiritual relationship without being religious? It was deep conversation it for was a brew pub. very deep. But I mean, I feel like that's, you know, brew pubs are the spots for right. those. And right. they have been historically. Right. But we were definitely, you know, eavesdropping into that occasionally. Oh, well, even our waiter was like there having a heavy conversation but over very there. Very much. Mm-hmm. Our waiter, who was very cute, and you called him by Curious George. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> because we both clocked was, him when he, we walked mm-hmm. when We walked. We were in. like, he's got he's to gotta be, you know, on the queer spectrum yeah, somewhere. Somewhere in fluidity. In fluid, somewhere in fluidity. Yeah. After South Street, we left there and we went to another um, brewery around the corner. Wild Wolf Brewing Company. They they had some great beers there, They did. It was quieter in there, but it was still really, nonetheless, very good. We were actually able to strike up a conversation with a local there. Who was a hiker. His name was Nate, and he was a 14er. Is that it? Yes, I think that's the term. He hikes like um, peaks that are above 14,000 feet. Right. Which we were unaware of as a thing because and you, were I was like, like, you were like, how many oh, of the 14 <laughs> have you done? Right. I know. I know. That was things, like, I'm, things we're learning. That's right. Things we're learning. That's right. Learning and growing. Right. It does make me curious about doing a 14er. Yeah. Curious only. Yeah. I don't know that I would do it, but I mean, I you know, who knows? Right. Who knows? But we also were talking to him a little bit about everything that happened with the riot or the demonstration or and the protest. We and basically we were like, can you please tell us what is the real real here? Yeah. And he was really gracious and very generous to go into very clear detail about like, okay, so it is really, really unfortunate that Charlottesville gets this rap now because of this. And he told us a lot that a lot of those people who participated in that white supremacy rally, they were not Charlottesville locals. Yeah, he said even a lot of people came down from Canada too. Racism everywhere, folks. There is racism everywhere. And this was really started because there was this one statue that they wanted to like remove and put out of sight of the city limit. Mm -hmm. And um, that is the thing that got the ball rolling on this. Because that had also rally. been happening around the country too, so I think this At became time, like yes. the um, like the stopgap measure mm. for the racists. It's like let's gather here and really put our foot down, and we all know kind of what happened then. I was really proud of like gay Twitter for all of the memes that came out of that mm-hmm. that white supremacist rally. Yeah, because it was just like all of these like white college looking guys mm-hmm. and they they just memed them to death oh, and yeah. i 
thought it was great. The pen is mightier than the, the sword. The pen is mightier than the sword. We were able to get some great recommendations for some trails to do from Nate. Mm-hmm. And one of them that he suggested was... White Oak Canyon Trail, which is exactly what we did the next day. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you gain at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there The White Oak Canyon Trail is a popular trail in Shenandoah National Park, though not as popular as, say, Old Rag. But it is often hiked by hikers who visit Shenandoah. Yeah, it's labeled as a strenuous hike, six-mile round trip with a 1,600-foot elevation gain. And that's from one way. When we went to White Oak Canyon Trail, we parked at White Oak Canyon Parking Boundary parking lot. There is another area to park, and that is the Limber Lost Trail parking lot, which is further up. Basically, the hike can be done in two ways. You can hike from one parking lot to the middle of the hike where there is a footbridge that crosses the river at the upper falls, or you can hike down from the Limberlost parking lot down to that footbridge. You can do the whole thing and return, but that's a very long hike because there isn't a shuttle service that takes you from one parking lot to the next. So most people will typically go one way and then turn around at that bridge and come back down. So it's about three miles up to the bridge and three miles back down. It's recommended that it's done in about four to four and a half hours, which is pretty much the timeline that we were able to achieve it in. That would mean it's like six miles one direction if you went from parking lot to parking lot. Right. And then basically 12 miles to starting parking, parking lot to parking, parking lot, lot. To starting parking yeah. lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And because of the way the roads are in Shenandoah, there's no sort of like elegant way for you to just easily drive from one parking lot to another. Right. I believe the Limberlost parking lot is off of Skyline Drive. And you can't easily access Skyline Drive all the time. There's only a few roads that get you into that part to get onto that road. So that's why there's no shuttle service. So there's and not an easy way back down. While that, you know, might frustrate you as a driver. I mean, the point of that is to help conserve that area so that there's less traffic moving in through that area. I was doing some research and what I found was White Oak Canyon gets its name from the white oak trees that you might see along the trail. White oak trees are these types of oak trees that range from Canada all the way down to Florida, and they go even as far over as Minnesota. Mm. They get to over 100 feet high. Oh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. One of the basic draws of this hike, too, is that you see between, I believe it's five and six waterfalls, Mm -hmm. and you're basically hiking along the river and along these falls for most of the trek. I would say these are like really beautiful payoff waterfalls. Oh, yeah. 
it's a great hike to to experience a lot of different things. I'm sure that, you know, seasonally, it's really interesting to see at all different times of the year, especially like in the spring when, you know, snow is melting and the river is thaw, you know, things are thawing and the river is rushing a little bit more. But it it is a, a beautiful hike and it is one that I think everybody should try to do. It's pretty close to where we were staying in Madison. I believe it was about a half hour drive. It's closer to Syria, Virginia. It's right off of Route 600. At least the the way we went, we came from the lower part of the hike and hiked up to the footbridge. When we started off that morning, it was our last day in the Airbnb. So we had like the day before, that evening before after coming back from Charlottesville, stopped at Kitty City and grabbed provisions for the the day, um, including some breakfast. So we had a very small breakfast, which is kind of atypical for us. It was like yogurt and a bar and like a piece of fruit. Um, we packed well, up. and it was more just like yogurt for me. Yeah, well, that's what that we That was get all for, that was given to that's me. That's what we get for, you know, being lazy <laughs> in bed. Um, but yeah, so I, it was during that time that I learned a little bit more about the artwork in the house from our Airbnb host who said it was her mother's who was an artist. But yeah, we packed up pretty easily because that night we were headed to D.C. after hiking for the whole day. And we headed out to White Oak Canyon Falls. So we set out and we drive to the trailhead of White Oak Canyon. On the way, we listened to the American Horror Story podcast because the evening before it had been, or two days before. No, it was, oh yeah, two nights before. It had been the finale. No, it wasn't the finale. It was the penultimate episode. No, girl. It was the finale. It wasn't. It was the penultimate episode. I'm wrong. It was the penultimate episode. Let me say it one more time. It was the penultimate episode. (laughs) And um, it was pure. Both disappointing. Pure trash. (laughs) Pure trash. We are huge American Horror Horror Story lovers. And um, generally speaking, the internet sort of like really embraced this season. And I'm like, Emperor has no clothes. Yeah. Like your first five episodes were amazing. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. It just went off the rails yeah. in the worst so way possible. We were listening to those guys talk about it who they seem to really enjoy it too. Yeah. They were into it like way more than I think someone should have been. So, yes, there was a lot of ripping on American Horror Story on these right. trails. Yeah that we were on um, this weekend. We drive through Virginia backcountry yeah. in order to Beautiful get to Virginia the trailhead. Backcountry. Beautiful rolling hills, vineyards. Fall. Fall. And then we finally started winding into like a more tree-covered area mm-hmm. to get to what was the, the trailhead. Right. And sort of like Great Smoky Mountains, in a lot of parks, you know, you enter at the entrance near a visitor center. Right. And then you drive through the park and find a trailhead and go up a trail or mm-hmm. whatnot. But this is a park that's so big that you just, you know, find the parking lot wherever is closest to this one trail. Right. And there is a tiny, small little box where a park ranger stays. Yeah, and sometimes. This, sometimes. This station had that, like, outpost, but when we returned to the car, no one was there No either. one was there. Yeah. But... You do the right thing and you pay or leave the money that you need to and then put the um, receipt Receipt. if you get one in your dash. Mm -hmm. But we got to this parking lot finally. There was like hardly anybody there. It was like five or six cars, which was like it was a very quiet sort of morning. It was also a lot earlier. We'd gotten up um, because we wanted to get out because we had plans to do several hikes 
today. And it was a much colder day. We had a lot more gear on today. The day before, I was in shorts because it was warm. This was definitely a day where it was like, okay, you're. I had shorts on underneath, like, you know, jogging pants just in case I got heated up too much, but that never happened. I was wearing tights and then I put on some joggers over the tights yeah. and, I'm, and I never took them off. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a cold day. It was um, cool. I think it was probably like in the 30s when we started the hike in the morning and it didn't get up past the 40s. No. Um, this is your local weather on the 10s. But the start of the hike is essentially you cross a bridge and then you're basically right there in the thick of the hike. For the most part, in the beginning, it is a lovely stroll in the woods. It is a lovely stroll with beautiful trees, and it was fall, and so it's like beautiful fall trees Mm -hmm. right and left. And you're along the river. Right along the river. So yes, it is a lovely stroll through the woods, and for a long time, it was flat. Right, you gain a little bit of elevation, but it's really not a ton until you hit your first waterfall. For the most part, you're doing, there were some minor, minor switchbacks here and there that would bring you up a little bit, and then you'd kind of like come back down pretty quickly because you really were along the river for most of the way. That first waterfall, I remember we stopped and kind of like the trail kind of takes you up some stairs near it but we kind of you can meander your way out so you can be closer into the river yeah it was really slick because it had rained the night before so it was like careful stepping and i think we had the poles out the entire time today we took them out right away and used them which was helpful at this point super helpful um and it was at this moment we kind of just like stood there and like took in some of the sounds of this waterfall so we are here on the White Oak Canyon Trail very early. We've been hiking for an hour and a half. Um, actually, no, no, I don't no, know what time. A mile we, and a half. Yeah, about a mile <laughs> and a half. I don't know what time we actually started. I didn't look at my watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like it's only been like maybe 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, we're standing here looking at two waterfalls. Yeah, and the trail offers, I think, at least five along the way. Um, it's a three-mile out and then a three mile back so six miles in total um and there's sort of two waterfalls side by side and then a lower waterfall down at the bottom and this is what they sound like so we continue climbing up and really from here it's just like the incline Oh, begins. it has come for us. It yeah. has come it's for like, us. It's like, oh, 1,600 feet? I see where you're starting right here. Right here, right now. Yeah. But it, I do have to say, like, it was strenuous, as the hike said. I do feel like, you know, that incline was more strenuous in some ways than Old Rag. And I feel like we gained more elevation in Old Rag. I think it was just spread out a little longer. Um, but I, I still think the hike itself is, like... It's still a very doable hike for anybody. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As we continue climbing up, there was this like gorgeous overlook to our left. Mm-hmm. We stood there for a minute and took a bunch of photos because it's gorgeous right there. Yeah, it was like a bluff overlooking kind of most of the valley that we had come from. So it was a really great way to kind of take in the scenery around us, similar to Old Rag. Like you get a lot of elevation in Shenandoah, which is awesome because there is so much to see within the park and the boundaries surrounding the park. So this was one of those instances. And we'd stop there later too, and the light will have totally changed. So that's like another beautiful thing. 
you know, that's the thing they always say, you know, take photos at different moments of right. the day, you know, from that's one right. spot because you get to see something different each time. Yeah. Not too much further from here, we get finally to um, more more waterfalls. Right. And right about the time that we had kind of left the bluff, there were four hikers that had come up behind us that I was like, where did these people come from? Because there was literally no one at the parking lot or and they were just fast I hiking. I was like, oh, I think they were in those tents that were set up over there. I did not see any tents. And you saw no tents. No. But Clearly, I, I was them. not in the situational awareness game this no. day. No. Or those tents were, you know, apparitions, ghost tents. Ghost right. tents American Horror Story, ghost tent. Only to me. <laughs> right. right. I feel like that might have been a little more successful than right. 1984. Right. Anyway, the tents were people were camping, you know. Mm-hmm. We were already, like, in that moment, we were... We, I don't think we were really chatting in that moment. So we were like quiet as we were walking by. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't feel any need to like... I think I did point them out. I don't know that you saw me do that. No, I, I did. did not. I did. Well, yeah. You're just like mouthed it really quietly. Re- awareness. Awareness, right. yeah. Right. We get to another little overlook there, a little after that bluff and a little after hiking up a little bit more. You get to see your second and third kind of waterfall. Um, and this is where you're able to walk out onto the rocks, provided that the river is low. Um, again, different times of year, the river may be higher. It may be rushing more. Probably in the spring after the snow melt, this is going to be the case. But this was low enough that we were able to kind of creep a little bit out onto the rocks and get some other photographs of that waterfall mm-hmm. and kind of take that in from a, a different vantage point. And that was really beautiful, just yeah. being able to stand there for a few minutes and take in... More waterfalls. Right. It was very tranquil. Right. And with that, let's take a break. It's time for a game. What game are we playing today, Mike? We're going to play Commission an Album. Um, we've played this game before. Commission an Album sometimes works where we'll um, give an artist, um, like a, a singer, and then ask them to commission an album based off of something specific, like a book or like an event. Um, and we have to kind of come up with who we think could best tackle that. Or it sometimes can work in reverse, where we give the event or book and then figure out who that artist is. But I think for this commission an album, I would like you to think about the last year of your life. And if you could commission an album, who would the artist be? Why would it be that artist? And what would the title of the album be? Okay, great. So uh, there's been a lot of learning and growing this past year of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the artist would be Tracy Chapman. Mm -hmm. I want to resurrect her to like do this album. Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of the past... Give me just one good reason. Almost. That wasn't really the words, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We also don't have the rights. So that's that's great that you you didn't sing the correct. There we go. Um, I think she is able to tap into something really like deep and spiritual in her work. So like, that's what I would want, Mm -hmm. you know, out of this album. The, um, I, I went on a really interesting journey for myself this year, just to sort of, um, uh, figure out who I am and how I work. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, to be totally transparent, I did find out that I had some significant high blood pressure that I needed to deal with. Mm. And so like um, one moment even took me to the emergency room where my low number was 117. And so that's also my birthday. Yeah. And so like after like feeling like, okay, now I've got like, you know, a 
now I've got a medical control over this situation that I'm in and I'm on the right medication for it, I think the album would be 117. Oh, very good. So, yeah. I see. Because it's multiple meanings there. So, yeah. And I think she would be able to just really tap into that really clearly. Gotcha. So, yeah. What about you? I, too, went on many uh, journeys of change in the past year. It was definitely a big learning year for me in a lot of ways. Who I am as a person, what I really want, where I see myself in the future. And I think I was able to also like acquire some new skill and really figure out a lot about myself that had I that I had kind of previously not made any discovery about. Um, and I was able to figure out really through that deeper parts of myself that I hadn't really known. There was definitely like a very recent breakup that has happened. And that was like a really big part of what the last year was about, not the breakup itself, but the relationship. Um, so in kind of like thinking back over that past year, um, I tend to err on the side of, I think, folk, more folk musicians, folky, bluegrassy. Um, I think I would love to like lean on Andrew Bird or Sufjan Stevens because they speak to me in big ways. But I think I'm going to pivot and go towards Neil Young uh, because I feel like he is really someone that I often forget that I love. And whenever I hear his music, I can get a real sense for the storytelling that he's creating. So I think the the album would be called The Magician. I really thought a lot about tarot cards because that's something that I also started... I had previously, the year prior, drawn an entire deck of tarot cards out that I started to fully illustrate this past year. And I put it down um, just because life got busy and I was doing a lot of other things. Um, but The Magician is kind of the card where you're able to harness all the powers of the universe and like you have you can kind of tap into all of the the different attributes of each of the suits of the tarot deck um you know the coins the earthly um earthly things uh the suit of cups which is more emotion um the suit of uh swords which is intellect and the suit of wands which is action and creativity so i do feel like that was a very you know, if I had to sum up my life in one tarot card, I feel like I could kind of lean on the magician for that. So I think that's where that title comes from. And I think Neil Young could do some good justice there. So from this third waterfall, we continue up because mm-hmm. the incline continues. Oh, yeah. She's not going away. She's not going away. But it did flatten out a little bit for a little bit. Um, we did get some little bit of level tread for a while. And this brings you to our fourth waterfall. And it's definitely the largest one we've seen at this point. Again, this is another spot where you're able to walk out onto the rocks. This was like a much bigger rock plateau that you could walk out onto. Right, right. The waterfall, there was like a little bit of um, a smaller waterfall right where you were standing. But the the larger one was a little further in the distance. So you were able to kind of see that at a better vantage point, but you were also near like a smaller little baby waterfall. Right, um, right. Like right next to that. All right. So we've been hiking for almost three miles now. And um, the uphill, the uphill, <laughs> the uphill. The uphill. Yeah, we've been at it for close to two hours. Um, we've definitely passed 
at least four or five waterfalls. So I think we're kind of right in our last leg of the trip. Right now, I mean, there's just like fall leaves everywhere and there's stones everywhere. It's a well-marked path. There's like a stone sort of pathway the whole time. Um, my feet are starting to hurt and I'm hungry. Yeah. And we're going to eat those peanut butter sandwiches when <laughs> we, we get to the We summit. are, we are, we are. And after this, you know, we kind of jut back out onto our trail. And as we start to get closer to the top, we start to see these really large boulders um, and overhangs. the coolest thing. Yeah. And like they, you know, they're on both sides. And um, this felt like, you know, Return to Oz. Right. Like the, what, the Rock King? The Gnome King. The Gnome King. Who's the Gnome King? But he lives yeah. in the rocks, right? He, his, his, gnomes, face comes his gnomes the live in the rocks. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it felt a little bit like yeah. that. Yeah, um, it definitely did. This was also another um, spot where people had graffiti. graffitied. Um, Reba was there. We joked about Reba McIntyre. Because you know what? Reba, I believe that Reba McIntyre would not graffiti a rock. <laughs> no, no. I just don't think she no. would do it. She'd be better than that. We, we deserve better on Reba right. McIntyre. Um, and yeah, we're getting past these boulders. And um, then all and of a sudden... All of a sudden, Mike had this like yes, huge, it was enormous me. reaction. Me, who is known for outlandish <laughs> outbursts. You know, the one who went to school for acting. That's me over here sitting... With the in degree this chair. in drama. That's right, the degree in drama. No, so we're walking and then you all of a sudden like erupted like a volcano out of nowhere. And you were like, you know what? I'm really hungry right now. And I just need meat. I need meat. We can't just have yogurt for breakfast. I need to have meat because if I don't have meat, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, this was the first trip where we did not have like a McDonald's breakfast or like a very strong breakfast. We did a weird thing. And I'm going to like definitely shoulder a lot of the blame for this. But I think like going to McDonald's and we, we kind of made a pact over the last few trips where it was like, let's actually go to the food store and get things that are not and so like that's crappy fine, for us. And that's great. Right. And that's totally great. Right. But like if we're going to if we're going to eat trail mix for lunch, we can't just like, oh, no. eat like birds for no, breakfast. No, we had like we had yogurt and bird food for we breakfast. We had bird food for breakfast. Right. And I did make our peanut butter sandwiches, which we would have in a little bit. Right. But like we are climbing these stairs so that you get to these this part where there are these really big stone stairs that you're climbing up that eventually lead to um these earthen stairs that have like um wooden supports and you are just like freaking out on these stairs and i was just like in awe of the freak out because i was hungry too but you were taking it to another level you're well, like i, I be- just need to stop and i need to eat something right now like i, I- can't believe you did this to me how could you do this to me <laughs> why would you do this to me so on my end of the world, mm-hmm. right? I was not really like um, intending to. I felt like actually what I said was like very controlled and very sort of like. I needed a much bigger run, breakfast. Like, um, I can't believe we didn't have meat. <laughs> it's a surprise to me. And I just need to voice my concern about right. how hunger, hungry I am. And see, I would not have like. No, you I would, I would not have described it as the mm-hmm. see from my end of things. I thought it was very level headed no. on things. Mm-hmm. But I did get to a moment where I was like, okay, like if we're gonna if we're gonna trail mix for lunch all day, like we can't do that for breakfast. No. And the part of me that was like 
you turned to me and you were like, aren't you hungry? Are you not hungry? And I was like, I'm hungry, but I'm, I'm okay. I can, I can last until we get to the footbridge. But there was like a solid 20 minutes where I was like ruminating on that. And I was like, I, I think I'm going to need to say something out loud just to like get it out. Oh, and you got it out. <laughs> but I want to make sure I do it in Talk a way Talk about that shouting feels... it from the mountaintops. I did not <laughs> shout it from the mountaintops. Look. I know when I'm dramatic, and oh. I was the level five out of ten this day. <laughs> All right, um, you were but drama no, con at this five. Moment, I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, um, no. I believe what I said was, listen, I want to save money and be skinny too, but we've got to eat breakfast. I believe that was the direct quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, but yeah, I was just like, no, yogurt is not enough. Yeah. I think that's just too something I've learned about myself like mm-hmm. later in my life mm-hmm. is that like I I do so much better when I actually eat a breakfast. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah. My that, meat, my body. Uh, my meat, my body. <laughs> <laughs> and as someone who was a vegetarian for seven years, I did not realize how much I really do enjoy eating meat. Mm-hmm. There is no no shade to any vegetarians whatsoever. I did it for seven years. Right. Um but yeah. Uh that was definitely a moment. Oh, it was. It was a moment in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> but not that kind of moment but for all of you Into the Woods moment. fans out there. Um, after we climb up those um, wood retaining stairs, you get a view of the largest falls um, that you're able to see um, on this trek. This is, I believe, the top waterfall. You can't get close to this one as close as you could to the others unless you're on it from above, basically, um, which is where we were headed. Um, You can only see it from a distance at this point. As we hike a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, um, we we hit a marker on the trail. So the markers on the trail were these obelisks, which had these kind of like indented areas at the top that had, that were wrapped with metal that had impressions like printed on them like metal impressions and those were like the names they were like size seven font size like you, i mean that's even generous right it was like size three and you a needed half your cheaters of like like it's like the old rack trail is this way the right. white oak trail is this right. way and it's this many miles yeah i mean those so these yeah. are so those posts that just look like posts those are actually your trail signs. Right. And so this post actually had a, like a sign on it that was like, you're halfway to, you're halfway finished with the White Oak Canyon Trail. And I think it, it triggered you again because you definitely freaked out once more. And you're like, I just need to eat a peanut butter sandwich. And if I have to hike another two and a half miles, I'm going to freak out. And you had already done that. Um, so when I could have eaten the peanut butter you sandwich could have, at I any know, moment I know, in time. You, you could have called us to stop. But I you were could like, have. But anyway, but this halfway marker was talking about the entire parking lot right so we were essentially done like we were we had a half mile to go this is also a moment on the trail where like a jutting off to the right that would connect you to the old rag fire road yes exactly um so that was interesting too because i don't think we realized how close we were when we started the hike to old rag um and where that fire road actually would have kind of brought you eventually we do hike our way up to the bridge. There is a little bit of a jut off before you get to the bridge where you can kind of go out on the rocks. They're kind of slanted upward and you get an even better view of the waterfall from there. And then a little further 
with very little incline at this point, you get to the footbridge that crosses the river, which is where we finally sat and had our peanut butter sandwiches. We did. We sat and had them and it was a chilly day. Mm -hmm. So sitting there for, you know, however long we did, it only took about five minutes for it to be like, oh, suddenly you're very cold. Right. You'd stopped moving. Stop. Right. Because you'd stopped moving. But it was um, um, to defend myself here in this moment after being made to look like the prissiest of queens, Mm -hmm. which isn't entirely inaccurate all the time. (laughs) But... um, but no, it was it was uh, certainly a situation that felt better um, to eat some peanut butter sandwiches. Right. It definitely was a welcome food break for the both of us. And with that, let's take another break. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage... Shannon Doadier. All right. Obviously, this name is inspired by the name Shenandoah mm-hmm. National Shenandoah. Park. Shenandoah. But also inspired by... Um, uh, our lovely um, Maria sound of von music, Trapp. Maria von Trapp, mm-hmm. Doa Deer, Doa Deer. Female Deer. So, uh, Shannon Doa Deer. <laughs> Ray, a drop of golden sun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think her name would be Rhea, and then her last name would be Drop a Golden Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Rhea, Drop a Golden mm-hmm. Sun. Anyway. Mia. Mia name. <laughs> Mia name. Mia. Mia name. name I, I call myself. myself. <laughs> Farah. Far long, long, long way way run. Run. Oh wow! <laughs> Did we just come up with all the drag queens for um, the I, Bond Trap of the drag bond queens? Team. I think we did. Okay, well we're done, guys. Thanks. Done. It's been a great show. <laughs> <laughs> all of them are going on the list. I can't believe we didn't figure that out. But anyway, yeah, Shenandoah Deer. Um, so who is Shenandoah Deer? Well, well, um, she performs with all her sisters. She performs with all of her Bond Trap sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I think that's I think that's what yeah I think she does yeah it's a family act I think we have a Vala family um, act all the, um, the small arms Judy from SNL yes and I'm Judy right right exactly. Kristen Wiig those um, those things yeah sisters do as sisters yes. should yeah um, yeah so it's a family act well I mean if we're inspired by Von Trapp mm-hmm. I mean I do feel like there's an like an Austrian vibe mm-hmm. to Shenandoah Deer. Yeah, I think so. Not necessarily like direct, but mm-hmm. like a like a reference to Austrian fashion. Yeah. Traditional Austrian mm-hmm. fashion, I should say. Yeah. I do feel like there could very much so be like she Lederhosen is a part of the outfit at some point. I feel like there's some quick changing happening there too. A la like Cinderella in Roger and Hammerstein's version. Um, where it's like a quick change from her like rags to riches. Right. And also her sister, Lee Derhosen. Lee Derhosen. Yeah. Look at all. They all came out. They all came out. This was the unexpected. It was. It's what a, what a family. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Right. Um, so yeah. What else can we say about Shenandoah dear? I think we've covered it all. I think we've covered it all. I think she plays some traditional instruments Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, they do like a, like a sound of music parody. Yeah, I think so. Oh man. I know. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage Shannon Doadier. So after feeling like thoroughly cold again. And human beings from and eating. And human beings from eating. Right. And saying like, okay, we are we're gonna be okay. Yeah. We're we're fine. Yeah. We packed everything up. 
you know, because leave no trace. Obviously. Obviously. And um, we headed back down. And it was much easier heading down because it was, you know, decline. But it was it was a steep decline. Right. I remember when we were headed down, I was like, we we really were like well, we gained sixteen hundred feet incline. Oh here. yeah, you know what I mean. Similarly, at Old Rag, I was like, I was like, dang, like I just felt like well, the Old Rag decline was a little more. Um, going down to the fire road from the summit was a little steeper than the incline going up mm-hmm. from the trailhead. Yeah. But here, as we were trekking back what we had just done, it was like, we really did do some incline here. Yes, we definitely did. It's always nice to see a trail in reverse too. So this was like nice to be able to come down um, and be able to get a different view of everything. If you're looking at waterfalls in the way up, you're seeing them on the way down too, but you're getting that different perspective of them. Um, there's a lot more people on the trail at this point. Remember, we had started really, really early. Um, so those five cars in the parking lot were really our, our compatriots on the trail, um, even though we, we didn't see too many people. And some of them may have come from tents. As we get further and further down, there are a lot more people on the way up. Um, and it's a great trail. So it makes a lot of sense. This was also... Friday. So I feel like some people were maybe playing hooky and hiking, um, or maybe they were doing maybe. the same thing we were. They had teachers convention break and they came yes. from New Jersey. There were a lot more people stopped on the trail and along the trail on the way back down. It doesn't take us a lengthy amount of time. I think we had hiked up to the top in about two and a half hours. And when we were on our way back down, we were making pretty good time. And you were like, oh, I think we'll be back to the car in like 45 minutes. And I was it like... It took us longer It took us that. longer. It but took us about an hour and a half We down. felt like we were like yeah. really trucking along there. We were. Um, there were definitely a lot of people. There were a few people with dorgs. There were. There when were we got a few closer people. to the bottom. Well, did you see any no dog signs no, on this trail? No. I didn't either. Mm-mm. So it seems like I think the whole point been... of not having dogs on Old Rag was because it's dangerous. Like, going through yeah. those boulders, like, mm, no. I was amazed when we saw that dog I on mean, that trail. I mean, there were a lot of, like, spots where, like, an animal could have gotten stuck or something on those boulders and Old Rag. Yeah. But, yeah, there aren't, you know, that... That's not what this trail is. Mm-mm. No. So, yeah, there were a lot more dogs. We met this one dog named Journey. Yeah. Who was beautiful. Yeah, it was this woman hiking with her cousin. Um, mm-hmm. And they were hiking with Journey. And she said that Journey's sister had passed away, I believe, like in the past oh. year. And she was like, I could have never done this hike with the two of them. So she was happy to take Journey on the hike um, with her. Um, And they talked to us about the Appalachian Trail because they Mm -hmm. had, we had talked to them about hiking a little bit and um, we had mentioned that we hiked the national parks and the woman was like, oh, have you thought about the Appalachian Trail? And we both have, but we're also like, when are we quitting our jobs for six months and doing that? Right, right. right. Um, It's definitely something, you know, it's like a dream trail, just like the Pacific Coast Trail or any of those other big, big coast. Sorry, Pacific Crest or the Buckeye trail for that matter or seeing the, the sites of ohio or over in spain the oh yeah camino the camino but the camino is more doable in five weeks if you that's can, more you can yeah. even do it in four yeah but yeah it's more doable yeah you don't have to quit you maybe just take a long vacation as we got closer to the bottom this is where we see a lot more people and at this point it's around probably close to noon here um so 
I feel like everybody had kind of like gotten a late start and it was also a lot warmer at this point um, because remember we started it was probably in the 30s so it wasn't like warm enough to take anything off um, necessarily but it was more comfortable than when we had started our hiking for the day for sure so I think people were more apt to get out and hike and move a little in the warmer temperatures right right Um, as we got towards the bottom you dropped some knowledge on me about um, musical theater songs and movies, which I was unaware of that if a, a play, if a musical becomes a movie, none of the songs in that musical can be nominated for best picture that oftentimes they be, will be write nominated for, for best, best original, original song. song. Sorry. So a for lot of the Oscars for the Oscars. So a lot of the times they will write new music that will either be included in the musical version of the movie or will be something that can run as the first song over the credits. That's correct. That's, That's correct. how you um, qualify for best original song for an Oscar. Is the either the song has to appear inside of the film, or it has to be the first song on the credits. Which was such fascinating knowledge to me. Oh, which yeah. is how we got. Honestly, most movie musicals have had like an additional song written mm-hmm. for them. Right. Right, like Chicago, the mm-hmm. movie had move I Move On, yeah. right, was written for, you know, the film. Sondheim wrote a new song for Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up cutting it, but they do play it over the first section of the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, it is sung by Merrill, mm-hmm. and it is the song about um, wanting Rapunzel to return after she runs away, mm-hmm. or she'll be back. That's the name of the song. Okay. Anyway, and then... Maybe this time from Cabaret. Maybe this time from Cabaret, which then... If the song is like a huge hit in the movie, then oftentimes when they revive the stage show, they might sometimes add that song back in. Like like Grease. Like is what Grease. You were saying. Like okay, so That's two songs. <laughs> two songs that were written for Grease the movie were hopelessly devoted to you and you're the one that I want. Mm-hmm. And a couple reasons. One, hopelessly devoted to you was Sandy didn't have a song in in the original draft of Greece. So that gives her a song. Right. And when you have Olivia Newton-John, it's like we you have to her. give Olivia Newton-John a song to sing. Right. And let's be real. That's a great song. Oh, yeah. God, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that is what I used to sing to Diet Coke all the time. But, <laughs> but not anymore. No. Not anymore. Um, three months and strong. Thank you yeah, very much. There no we Diet go. Coke here. Uh, but anyway, I have your chip. You have right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The um, it's Fritos. But you're the one. <laughs> you're the one that I want. Um, was just a better song than the yeah. song that they had written for right. that last moment of Greece. Right. And then Sandy flies off to heaven with Danny. Right. Because it's all a dream. Yeah. And Sandy's really in a in, in an institution. Yeah. Just imagining all yes. of this. Have you seen Girl Interrupted? She's one of the inmates. <laughs> <laughs> Santi Zabrowski. Yeah. Right. So yeah, as we get closer to the bottom, we're leveled out again. Um, we're definitely feeling pretty good about our hike and the experience on White Oak Canyon. Um, and as we come back and make our way into the parking lot, the parking lot is like to the brim full of cars oh, at so this point full now. Yeah. And there are other trails that start on that offshoot, like right at the beginning, you can go another way and there's another trail. So we did see a lot of people, but I think it was more cars than there were people that we saw. So I'm sure people were in all sorts of directions there. And it was a great day to hike. And as always, what suited us and worked in our favor is to hike early and to hike often. And from there, we headed off to hike 
Stony Man and Little Stony Man. Let's recap this, Mike. Um, how long was the White Oak Canyon Trail? White Oak Canyon Trail was six miles in total. That's three miles up and three miles back. And it would be around six miles total if you just hiked in one direction from one parking lot to the I other. I believe so, yeah. 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 Um, and it estimated how long? How long? It said about four and a half hours. And we did it in... We did it in four. Um, we started at about 920 and ended at about 120. And then how much elevation gain? 1,600 feet. Great. Yeah. Let's put her on the Karen Stone Great. scale. Yeah. I'm going to say uh, six. Yeah, I'm thinking a six, too. I gave um, Old Rag a six, and I feel like she's comparable. Um, old Rag was a little bit more gradual but then you had some of the challenging at the challenging parts at the top with the bouldering which is why i ultimately gave it a six but this i feel like there was more strenuous like uphill for most of the time so i think a six is well deserved is it not doable no by all means this is a very doable hike um it's not craggy at all it's pretty straightforward i think and it's you know approach and I think it's a it's a really nice hike to be able to see so many waterfalls too. So a six feels good and yes. warranted. I this is this could be one of my favorite waterfall hikes mm. that we've done. Yeah. Yeah. I really like I really liked it. And I felt like you could actually be close to the waterfalls. It's not like you're seeing them from far away, like you're up really close yeah, to them. It's definitely not one where the waterfalls are so powerful that you can't get close to it. Right. Like it's or, not a Yosemite or a Vernal or Nevada right. falls. And yeah. it's not like a secret falls in Kauai where you can go and swim up near the waterfalls right. and feel like, you know, two by fours are landing on your yeah. But yeah. Um, they are very close and they were running and it was really beautiful. Yeah. I would love to do it at a different time of year just to see the like change summer. in seasons. Yeah. Yes. So that's 12 out of 20 yeah. Karen Stones. Let's play some Jeopardy. Mike, what is your category today? My category is called Six Semper Tyrannus, um, which is on the seal of Virginia, which means Six Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Exactly. Thus, always to tyrants, which suggests that bad outcomes will or always should befall tyrants, which I felt was very topical and our current political climate. Okay. Okay. Um, and this category is all about famous historical tyrants. So slap on your history helmet I'm and ready. get ready. I'm ready. All right. Six Emperor Tyrannus for 100. This Roman emperor, known for his lust, extravagance, and vengeance, was first hailed as a hero after freeing unjustly imprisoned citizens and eliminating harsh sales tax. However, all his acclaim went to his head and he declared himself a living god made his horse a priest, murdered for sport, and whored out his own sisters. Must be at least part of the reason that they totally stabbed Caesar. Was it um, Nero? It's not Nero. Is it Brutus? It's not Brutus. No, is it Caligula? It's Caligula. Okay, okay. Okay. I thought, well, when you mentioned, like, okay, I remember seeing the film Caligula mm-hmm. when I was probably too young to have seen that <laughs> film. But yeah. 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 
Okay, not Caligula. a great guy. Not Caligula. A great guy. Yeah. Not a great guy. All right. Six Semper Tyrannus for two. If we argue nurture versus nature when it comes to dictators, nurture or lack thereof for this tyrant is probably the reason he was so feared. After his father was poisoned to death, he spent much of his teenage years as a slave before he united the Mongol tribes and conquered a huge chunk of Central Asia and China. While he is largely well-received among Mongols and Turks. Much of the Middle East reviles him as a genocidal maniac. I don't know. Who was that? It's Genghis Khan. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Slap on them history helmets. I'm I ready. know. This keep, is, keep going. This is hard stuff, but I tried to do what I could here for you. All right, 300. It's as if we sang one day more for no reason whatsoever. While the French Revolution was a huge shift in power away from monarchy and towards democracy, its execution wasn't so smooth. During the reign of terror, this Jacobin ran the show and was later executed because of the ruthlessness of his leadership and the lengths he was willing to go to in regards to loyalty through regime change. Who is Louis the Sixteenth? No. The 14th. No, it's not a king. It's someone who was like involved in the monarchy switch. It's Napoleon. It's not Napoleon. Oh, I don't know. History helmets. I don't know. It's Robespierre. Definitely no. No. No, sorry. You're a history nerd. I am an American history nerd. I guess so. Sorry. I don't study the French Revolution. Oh, well. Like ever. Children and Except when I watch Les Mis. Yeah. Which is not the French Revolution. No. All right. 400. The Tsar of Russia literally has awful as a part of his name. And while the first part of his rule was fairly moderate, things amped up after his first wife died and he put people and even their closest kin to death just for the sport of it by many means, including boiling and burning to death. Sorry, girl. Ivan the Terrible. Oh, Ivan the Terrible. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. All right. These are all making a lot of sense to me, yeah. except the one, the one before this one. On Robespierre. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, okay, no. 500. Okay. This dictator of what is now Cambodia sounds like a real peach. Not only did he outlaw education and religion, but he also forced city dwellers to move to the country to work on collective farms. During his four-year reign, a quarter of the population was wiped out through horrible deaths, including being run over with bulldozers and fed to alligators. No. No. I know. I'm sorry that I Who did this, this to you. It's Pol Pot. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're going to work on world history knowledge, Dusty. We are. I'm sorry. Great. Great. But I feel like I'm going to zing you real back. Oh, real I hard, do real back. think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. At least these were well-constructed historical clues. Mm-hmm. So are you ready to torture me with your Jeopardy I'm now? so ready to torture yeah. you. Great. Okay. So Virginia gets its name from Queen Elizabeth I. Mm-hmm who was called the Virgin Queen. Right. Queen Elizabeth... Just like me. Just like you. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth I is um, famously the daughter of Henry VIII. Okay. And so this category is all Crazy about... Crazy King Henry, right? The wives of Henry VIII. Oh, great. I love this. Great. Fantastic. And I'm here for it. So in this category, based on the description, you're going to have to identify which wife I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, great. Here Anne we Boleyn, go. Anne Boleyn, Anne Boleyn, <laughs> Anne Boleyn, Anne Boleyn. <laughs> 100... 
The second wife of Henry VIII, mother of Queen Elizabeth I, and rumored to have had an extra finger, she was ordered to death by beheading. Anne Boleyn, Anne Boleyn, Anne Boleyn. That is correct. She was Anne Boleyn. <laughs> okay, for 200. Before marrying Henry VIII and giving birth to Mary Tudor, she was actually married to Henry's older brother, Arthur, who died at 15 years old. Who is Catherine of Arno? Oh, close, but no. She Catherine of Arno is not a person. Okay. No. Um, it's <laughs> Catherine of Aragon. Oh, well. You were close. I get points for Catherine. You get points for Catherine. Yeah. I mean, Alex Trebek wouldn't give you points no, for I that. Know. No, So you don't. Um, great. For 300. While she was queen for only one year, she also shares her name with the actress who played Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Who is Queen Jane Seymour? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Jane Seymour. Okay. For 400, divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded was this fifth wife of Henry VIII, who was only a teenager at the time when he was right slap in the middle of middle age. I'm sorry. Divorced, divor- <laughs> divorced, beheaded, so died. The, divorced, think beheaded. Of, no, no, no. Oh, so we're talking about the order of wives. Divorced, beheaded, died. Uh-huh. Divorced, beheaded, supplied is how you think of them. Oh, okay. So she's number five. So okay. she was also ordered to be beheaded. Oh, okay. And um, what is her name? Who is... Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who is Jamie Lee Curtis? Incorrect. Yeah. It's who is Catherine Howard. Okay. Catherine yes. Howard. And now she sounds like a boarding boring one. Now for five hundred. Boarding. A kind stepmother to Elizabeth and Henry's last wife. Her interest in Protestantism made her an enemy of the Henry's court. But lucky for her, she managed to negotiate a divorce that essentially made her a kept woman until her death. Who is Olivia Coleman? Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Catherine Parr? Oh, okay. And there you go. There we go. I got Virgin two. Virgin Queen Heritage. And that was that. Yeah. You got two. Historical torture. Historical torture. From Mike and Dusty. <laughs> This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. This episode was edited by Dustin Ballard. For images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Shenandoah National Park and all of the other national parks spoken about on this podcast, visit our website at gazeatthenationalparks.com. All original artwork featured on Instagram and on our website is by Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. We would also like to acknowledge while hiking in Shenandoah National Park that we were on the traditional lands of the Manahoac and Monacan tribes. Tune into our next full episode when we hike the Stony Man and Little Stony Man trails at Shenandoah National Park. Mm-hmm.